It's time now for St. Mary Healthline, presented by Gwynedd Mercy University. Your health is your most precious asset, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the Gwynedd Mercy University presentation of St. Mary Healthline. Good morning and welcome to the St. Mary Healthline here on WBCB. Thank you for being with us. Chris Ermer sitting alongside Dr. Dr. Justin Harmon here this morning and uh, going to look, look forward to today's show. We're going to blow some minds here as we talk about robotic surgery and some of the latest innovations in the world of healthcare and surgery with Dr. Harmon. But first, let me uh, say good morning to Dr. Harmon here as we come to you from St. Mary Medical Center. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for the opportunity. It's great to have you with us. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your experience at St. Mary. Sure. Um, I've been in practice for 10 years. I trained in the city of Philadelphia. And this was around a time where minimally invasive surgery and certainly robotics was in its infancy from a uh, urologic perspective. Um, I did fellowship training in Paris, France, and this is where they uh, developed one of our most common procedures, the laparoscopic uh, prostatectomy, uh, under um, Bertrand Guillenot and uh, Guy Valencian, two of the world leaders in, in laparoscopic surgery at the time. So, so I, were you able to train with them? I trained under uh, Guy Valencian there. My partner, Dr. Jaffe, who practices with me here in St. Mary, also trained with him. Um, following my training there, um, I worked at Cooper in South Jersey, excuse me. Um, we had a robotics fellowship there, um, and I practiced in Philadelphia for the last eight years before we were recruited up to St. Mary. So we dropped the line here on WBCB with the St. Mary Healthline, and uh, we share some great information each and every morning. We, we, we come along here on WBCB on Thursdays. So... At, I would imagine training in robotic surgery, there, there's limited, you know, how many robots are there out there doing surgery? We want to talk a little bit about exactly, is it a robot doing surgery? I mean, I, I guess, I mean, yeah. I, before the show, we talked about uh, BB-8, the droid in the most recent Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens. And I'm sure our listeners are familiar with R2-D2 or C-3PO or that type of, of, of uh of, of robot or android or what have you, but robotic surgery, quite different from that. Yes. When I first came out of my fellowship, uh, there were only a few hospitals in the city uh, that offered robotic surgery, and now uh, it's hard to find a hospital that doesn't offer the technology, so it's, it's very, very common now across any specialty. Um, the type of robot we use for surgery, um, the most commonly one used and uh, the only one on the market right now is uh, known as the Da Vinci by Intuitive Surgical. Um, and by robotic classification standards, this is what's known as a master-slave robot. So it doesn't do anything on its own. It requires the surgeon to perform the act, and then it um, translates that into um, the technology that uh, basically moves within the body. So it's not like Roomba. That's just going <laughs> to fly around your house vacuuming your rugs for you. No. And but it, it almost should be called uh, robot-assisted surgery. And uh, Exactly. And the standard term would be robotic-assisted 
laparoscopic surgery. And laparoscopic surgery uh, it implies that you're making small incisions to do the surgery. And that's where this idea of minimally invasive surgery uh, developed. The motivation for this originally was through the military. As you can imagine, soldiers on the field, you don't want to throw a surgeon into battle. And so the technology for robotic surgery was really uh, motivated by uh, military dollars. I would also think that uh, in the field of battle, sometimes your hands get a little bit shaky. <laughs> and uh, in robotic surgery, I mean, is that one of the things that, you know, do you have to have a, a steady hand as a, as a robotic assistant surgeon, or does a robot help kind of with some of those elements? Yeah, no, there's a, there's a, uh, a mechanism within the, the Da Vinci that will calm jitters, if you, if you will. Wow, wow, that's <laughs> um, great. It, it, it fine-tunes any, any shaking. It can do that. Uh, you know, it's one of the additive features. <laughs> so what are the components of a robotic surgical system? Uh, is it a traditional operating room that you're, you're working on a patient? Yeah, the, um, it's done in a traditional operating room, and usually that room will be uh, fashioned for, for robotic surgery. Um, the robot itself uh, is stationed near the patient's bed, um, and there's a console where the surgeon sits. Um, the way the surgery is typically performed, um, we have to make small incisions in the abdomen uh, in order to place the robotic instruments through. The abdomen's filled with air, much like laparoscopic surgery. Many people have had their gallbladders, gallbladders removed laparoscopically, so they're familiar with the concept of minimally invasive surgery and laparoscopy. But through those small incisions, in place, instead of placing uh, small sticks that move in two degrees or three degrees of freedom, we place robotic arms that move up to seven degrees of uh, articulation. So it allows the, uh, at least ergonomically, it makes more sense uh, to operate through. Now, once the robot is attached to the patient, for all intents and purposes, then the surgeon goes to the console, and whatever movements I make with my hands, that's mirrored inside the patient, but on a very small level. And it must take quite a bit of getting used to in order to have the movements that you're making at a console uh, do what you want them to do with, with, with the robots. I mean, it's got to, it's a little bit of an adjustment period for sure. Yeah, there's, there's certainly a learning curve. And one of the most important questions you can ask your surgeon is how many procedures has he performed in his career? Um, because we'll, like anything, as far as shooting a basketball, the more you do, the better you're going to be. Uh, but that's an excellent point. With robotic surgery, uh, uh, does it allow for more laparoscopic procedures? I mean, when I had uh, an appendectomy, for whatever reason, I didn't qualify for uh, a, lap a laparoscopic procedure. And so they had to go in the old traditional way. And I had like a three-inch incision and stuff and a, a little bit of a longer recovery time. Mm -hmm. uh, that was quite a few years ago now. Uh, is it possible that I still wouldn't qualify for some different reasons? Yeah. Um, I think there might have been something with my, my abdominal wall or something like that. Or well, What's different than a lot of things we treat in urology uh, with an appendix, typically it can be infected. Mm -hmm. And with infection, you have a lot of scar tissue. Um, but things that we would shake our heads at 10 years ago, uh, as far as approaching laparoscopically or robotically, um, because the field has developed so much, we now will really approach anything that comes along. It's, it's rare to, to make a large incision for, for anything in the urologic world anymore. So what is, what is, what is the robot using? Is it a laser, a scalpel, uh, a, a combination yeah. of different instruments? Well, the, the robot will use um, 
a, basically a, a fine set of scissors and different cautery mechanisms that we use, uh, monopolar, bipolar electricity, to basically cauterize tissue, cauterize blood vessels. There are clips and staplers, um, a lot of uh, very similar par parallels to uh, the, the instruments we used when we made the big incisions. Sounds like parallels to office work. You got staples, you got <laughs> clips, but uh, right. quite a bit more involved. So laparoscopic surgery and robotic surgery, two different things, right? I mean, I guess every is every robotic surgery a laparoscopic surgery, but not every surgery is a laparoscopic surgery. Is that fair to say? Right. The laparoscopic surgery implies that you're making small incisions and you're using some form of instrument to, through which to operate. Um, but it really comes down to the articulation of those instruments. Um, the laparoscopic instruments would be the same uh, or similar to... And the uh, articulation, who's moving those instruments or what's moving those instruments? Well, uh, if you can picture your hand and a pair of scissors and take away your wrist, so you're not able to move your wrist. That's the standard laparoscopic instrument. Robotic instruments adds that wrist and allows you to move it. So you can imagine if you're trying to... Uh, Let's see, cut a circle out of a page of paper. I'm just trying to think of how I could make, I could use scissors without my wrist. Right. I guess, I, I guess that's possible. Well, you find ways, and that's the challenges of laparoscopic surgery and why it wasn't very popular, in, at least in this country. Um, the learning curve was tremendous, and what robotic surgery has done is allowed that learning curve to be shortened so the, pen so the patients could benefit from the benefits of laparoscopic surgery, which are quicker recovery times, less blood loss, all the things that have been shown in many, many research studies to be beneficial to the patient. And the bottom line is, is better results for the patient. Exactly. Well, we're talking with Dr. Harmon this morning for the St. Mary Healthline. We will step aside briefly and we'll return here to talk a little bit more about advances in robotic surgery and what is happening here at St. Mary Medical Center. It's the St. Mary Healthline here on WBCB. We now return to St. Mary Healthline, presented by Gwynedd Mercy University. All right, we are back with you on the St. Mary Healthline on WBCB. Chris Ermer sitting alongside Dr. Justin Harmon. And we're talking about advances in robotic surgery this morning. What's it like to perform robotic surgery? I, we talked about the adjustment that it takes, but, I mean, could you... Could you describe kind of the, the, the process or, or how, how you experience the, uh, the console, for instance? Yep. Is it like a, a laptop computer? It's, a, it's basically um, a field of view where you, you, you place your head in to, to view a screen. And I think one of the most impressive things, and um, through the years teaching medical students and residents, when... A medical student will will look through the robotic console for the first time. It's in three dimensions. Okay, so you're not seeing um, the two-dimensional view you see on a screen. Instead, right. you're seeing blood vessels and uh, different structures come at you that wouldn't normally. And so there's a unanimous wow factor just by looking into the, the robotic device, um, which, of course, as you can imagine, allows us to see these things, these different structures more easily and prevent injury or stop blood vessels from bleeding that we normally wouldn't see. Wow. Um, and then with regards to the instruments themselves, um, there's a lot of 
sort of hand-eye coordination involved, um, it, it is quite similar to a video game where you're moving your hands and, and looking at the screen requiring uh, that coordination to, to exist. And do you have different levers for different different uh, clips or staples or uh, other other jobs that the, yeah, the so robot the, is asked to do? The robot will have uh, four essential arms, if you will. One holds a camera. Um, then there are two arms to uh, mimic the surgeon's right and left arm. And then there's a, a third arm that allows us to use some form of retractor or if we need to hold up a structure one way while we operate in the other direction. So it gives us a sort of a third arm, and we have control of all of them through the console. Wow. You know, uh, when we were at break, somebody here said that when St. Mary had their most recent uh, women's health expo, they brought in a, is that, no, no, is that the Women's Health Expo? Well, last time that they had an event here at St. Mary's, they were able to get a, a demo unit in, and uh, people were able to take the robot for a spin, and uh, that sounds like that would be an awesome experience. Well, S See what it's really like. But it, the one thing that, that shows uh, the, the patients or the, or the visitors is that it is quite intuitive. When you sit down and you articulate these instruments, it's, it's, it's fairly easy to pick up a ring and put it on a little stick and, and do uh, some menial maneuvers that, uh, that allow them to show the, uh, how, how simple it can be. Are, are there surgeries that can't be done with a, a, a robotic assistant or a, which are, I guess, the, the top robot surgeries that are robotic surgeries that that are happening both at St. Mary and I guess across the the world of healthcare in general. I it's rare as I said it's rare to make a a, a large incision for for anything in in at least the urologic community and and here at St. Mary we have a multi-specialty uh robotic staff so um most if not all specialties are are represented uh doing colon surgery gallbladder surgery and um all heart, the gynecologic surgery, surgery. Yeah. um we haven't just jumped onto that uh onto that yet um but that's that's soon to be coming um but it's one of the things, one of the challenges a patient should do is ask their surgeon if, if the procedure can be done robotically or at least in a minimally invasive fashion. Um, and I think that's because now we're pushing the limits further and further of what we'll actually do robotically. So as you push the limits further and further, and as you said, down the road, you think uh, there will be more uh, robotic uh, surgeries. And uh, it's something that's growing, right? I mean, it, it's something that we're going to see more and more of, I think down the road. All right, and there's good reason. Um, the benefits of uh, quicker recovery, less blood loss, um, and really with those attractive features, you're not sacrificing anything with regards to cancer control or cancer cure or surgical outcome in general. So, well, you know, with that, it's a very attractive option. Gosh, I guess it's kind of stating the obvious, but uh, it, it must cut down on infections quite a great deal. Well, you can... It would seem that way. Imagine I mean, with, a smaller, yeah. with a smaller incision. And with uh, a robot who I would think, you know, he's pretty sterile. you got sterile robots as opposed to sterile people. Right. So you can definitely imply that there would be less. <laughs> well, we're, we're with Dr. Justin Harmon here on the St. Mary Healthline. We dropped the line on WBCB, and great to have you with us here on a Thursday morning. So what is the status of robotic surgery at St. Mary? So um, one of the main reasons uh, my partner and I, Dr. Jameson Jaffe, were, were uh, 
brought up to St. Mary from Center City, Philadelphia, where we've been practicing for nearly 10 years each, um, was to bring the experiment, uh, sorry, the experience to Bucks County. Mm -hmm. um, and to let people know that very complicated robotic surgery can be performed in their, in their own backyard instead of having to travel downtown. Um, and so that was the first goal, is to just get it into the local neighborhood uh, where these patients can go. Um, the second part was to establish a, a multi-specialty uh, robotic department. Um, and uh, our surgeon colleagues in the colorectal world or the gynecologic world um, will work in conjunction with each other, sometimes on the same patient, to ca tackle many bases at once. Um, we have the recent introduction of single-site surgery to St. Mary as well, which is basically operating through one small incision uh, to remove certain uh, structures and, and dif different disease states. I guess that, that means that there are procedures where you have multiple sites. I guess you're triangulating kind of the, exactly. the incisions. Exactly. Um, the typical, uh, let's say, a prostate removal may have four to five incisions uh, these incision these incisions however are only the width of a dime so they're they're very small um, and again so the the recovery time and the healing of that is very very quick we're with uh, dr. Harmon this morning and what do you envision dr. Harmon is the future of robotic uh, for robotic surgery will, will, will down the road all surgery be robotic assisted perhaps I, I, unfortunately there are some disease, advanced disease processes, I'll say, that may never be able to be performed robotically. However, again, we're, we're pushing the limit. I can't remember the last time I needed to make a large incision for, for uh, one of my cancers or other disease processes. Um, but the robot, uh, if you will Google it, I'm, it's still a little bit of a large... Uh, Cumbersome kind of a piece of equipment. piece of equipment, right. So, you know, there's certainly can be made some advances um, streamlining it. It's also difficult even with the most current device to operate in more than one section of the abdomen uh, in without having significant movement of the patient and, and, and the device itself. So there are certainly some advances that can be, uh, you know, that, that can come down the pike. So can you kind of calibrate the robot? I mean, uh, some of the some of the areas of the body are, are very intricate and involved and I, I mean, you're doing very small movements inside a, a little bitty space, and it, can you it, can the robot kind of make more precise movements that are that are very you know very small? I mean, trying to tie off a little. Yeah, no, the 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 view uh, camera that we that will look into the abdomen with uh, has a ten to twelve times magnification. Yeah, and I, that, I think that to me as as an outsider as a, a physician who doesn't have a, a, the ability to have a robot assisting, how do you see the same detail? And uh, how can your hands move uh, in that, that, I don't know, same effective way that uh, a robot's can? I guess that's why you have the, the piece of equipment. Yep. We're with Dr. Harmon. We're going to step aside one final time here for the St. Mary Healthline today. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about advances in robotic surgery here on the St. Mary Healthline, and if you'd like to find a doctor at St. Mary, you can call the physician referral line at 215-710-5888. For more information, please visit the website stmaryhealthcare.org. Again, that's stmaryhealthcare.org, and uh, phone them at 215-710-5888.
88. More with Dr. Harmon coming up on the St. Mary Healthline right after this. We now return to St. Mary Healthline, presented by Gwynedd Mercy University. And welcome back once again to the St. Mary Healthline as we talk about some advances in robotic surgery this morning. And we're talking with Dr. Justin Harmon, the chair of robotic surgery here at St. Mary Medical Center. And uh, Dr. Harmon, we were talking a little bit about some of the procedures that uh, robotic or robotic assisted surgery is particularly good at or, or particularly effective uh, for getting good results for patients. And uh, during the break, you mentioned some kidney procedures that uh, have, have gotten great results. Right. Um, we uh, specialize in what's known as a partial nephrectomy. So if you have a kidney tumor, uh, kidney cancer located in the kidney, we will be able to remove just the tumor and leave the, the rest of the kidney behind. So you can have a second functioning kidney instead of, historically, we would have to remove the entire kidney. Um, so that's been very effective with robotic surgery. I mean, just to hear that, it's so remarkable. The, the human body, you can remove part of your organ and still have partial function in that organ. That's, that's right. amazing. Yeah, and we know patients, you know, tend to do better when they have two kidneys as opposed to one. <laughs> and uh, as you said, a second functioning kidney. Not only the, the chair of robotic surgery here, uh, a doctor, but also a uh, urologist. And uh, I want to allow you to give a plug for uh, your practice and uh, maybe give men out there some tips on what they might be looking out for, some preventative, preventative medicine sure. guidelines. Um, our practice is uh, called Comprehensive Urologic Spe Specialists, and it's located at St. Mary. Um, my partner and I are fellowship-trained robotic surgeons. Uh, we'll have a, a new surgeon joining us in July who specializes in uh, male sexual health, um, penile prostheses, and other problems with erectile dysfunction. Um, and in general, um, unfortunately, a lot of the things we deal with with robotic surgery are, are cancers. So it's important to, you know, make your doctor aware if you see blood in your urine um, or if you have any urinary problems. That doesn't necessarily mean you have cancer, but it's something that should be addressed. Um, were you going to say well, something? Well, I, I mean, I'm going to uh, expose myself as a, as a doofus, I think, because, I mean, a urologist, is that, is, is that just for guys? Not at all. Right. Okay. That's I, for whatever reason. When I hear urology, I'm thinking of uh, of, of 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 only males. No, we treat the other half of the population is that, is too. Is that a common misconception? <laughs> I hope so. It it it, it is. But oh, um, if you come into the office on any given day, you'll see equal parts male and male and female because we deal we deal with incontinence. We deal with um, bladders that have uh, fallen down from uh, you know having children, um, and these are things we can correct robotically as well. Uh, ironically okay. yeah I don't know why I got on that uh, got that somehow in my head but uh, thank you for setting me straight here this <laughs> morning on the St. Mary Healthline you never know what you may learn here WBCB and it's wonderful to have the chair of robotic surgery Dr. Justin Harmon with us here this morning and uh, well we're just about out of time we, we really do appreciate you for your time this morning is there anything that uh, you want to leave our listeners with uh, maybe uh, a 
you know, and, and I think maybe one of the things with urology too, I guess I'm thinking of, uh, of surgery in that sensitive area and, uh, you don't want any slip ups down there. And I guess that's the case, uh, no matter where the procedure is, uh, is being done. But, uh, I, I mean, I would think people on a certain sense, maybe feel a little bit more comfortable about robotic surgery or is it a mixed bag? You have some people who want to have the, the, the physicians in control or, or, or people, some are, are a little bit afraid of technology and, and change and that type of thing. I think the, the robotic flag's been waved enough that most people will come, if not asking for it, they're very understanding of how these benefits, you know, will help them. And it's nice to know that they can have this in their own backyard and not have to travel down to Philadelphia um, and to have something close to home with very uh, a high degree of uh, specialty experience here. Well, it's very nice to know that uh, you are here, and uh, Dr. Jaffe is here, and uh, great to be here with you this morning for the St. Mary Medical Center Healthline on WBCB, and uh, can you give the phone number for comprehensive urology specialists? Am yeah. I putting you on that? No, it's 215-710-4490. People can take a look at something online, maybe? Yep. And it is through the St. Mary's website. If you either reference uh, Dr. Justin Harmon or Dr. Jameson Jaffe uh, and comprehensive urologic specialists. You know, before we get out of here, I want to remind you again to find a doctor at St. Mary. You can call the physician referral line and they'll help you out as well at 215-710-5888. That's another way to get in touch and to get your care underway. And if you would like more information, you can visit their website at stmaryhealthcare.org. And then through that website, you can find out more about comprehensive urology specialists. Again, thanks so much to Dr. Harmon for being with us this morning. The St. Mary Health Lab, that's pretty good. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. For the opportunity. All right, WBCB, it's the St. Mary Health Line on your station in Bucks, Burlington, and Mercer Counties.